There's a difference between aging like fine wine and aging like blade. You see, on one hand, you have elegance, grace, looking 50 when you're 80. And on the other hand, Jesus Christ, it looks like you've been working the night shift at the local factory, chain-smoking cigarettes, and haven't worked out since this movie came out. So yeah, what I'm, what I'm saying is this, this movie's a little, just, just a little bit dated. But anyways, guys, that doesn't matter. Because this is the Mess Up Midnight Podcast, the show that Michael Flaherty says is all about sucking blood and sucking ass. I'm your host, Max Steele, and as always, I'm joined by the vampire covered in sunblock. It's Michael Flaherty, everyone. Hey, you know my mantra. I'm a van. I'm a. I'm. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire, and I. I suck blade, suck ass, and suck dick, and it's in that order, baby. It's big vamp. It's big vampire hours out here. You know, aren't you glad that I didn't make a sucking dick reference like that, or like a sucking dick joke for you? That that would have been like yeah, you know exactly. so easy. But I was like, no. You're We're like you're like uh, exactly. You you pause and you went. We're above that, and I went. <laughs> no, we're not. I was like, well, I was like, we'll sink that low. We'll sink that low. It's all good. It's all good. We know what we're about here. Dude, man, it's good. It's good to be here. It's it's a, it's a it's been a good day. So, but let's get away from this and let's let's go back. It's 1998. DC Comics has been like dominating the superhero movies, but you know they've kind of hit a bit of a slump. You know, with the year before having them released two of the worst superhero movies ever in Steel and Batman and Robin. But now, here comes Marvel, wanting to throw their hat in the ring. And we get the 1998 superhero action movie, Blade. A bit darker in tone than what we've seen up to this point, and, you know, really one of the first R-rated superhero movies that we've that we've had. But, Mike, what are your thoughts on this movie? Uh, it's okay, all right, all right. We've we've had too many movies recently where we've just we've, all we've said was, yeah, this is awesome. It's great. Blah, blah, blah. Like the Mortal Kombat movie never back down are like mm-hmm. two that come to mind. So I'm going to temper the expectations here. This would have been my shit when I was 14. Mm-hmm. This would have been my life if I was like between between sixth grade and eighth grade. I would have lived and breathed Blade. Dude, this movie is so edgy and so 90s. It is, <laughs> dude, it hurts. It is, it, the Blade wears a long black leather trench coat, wrap around Oakley's, and it's just techno all the time. And, and I he, dig it. He literally just walks down the street wearing that and no one says anything it's except when maybe he points a gun into a crowd but you know that is true that is true blade also is it's as a superhero i do say i love blade blade is genuinely such an interesting idea for a superhero like if dc did the justice league and was like let's bring in blade i would stop and go holy shit okay cool nice i'm down this is weird weird turn but, like, they're bringing it out. You know, I know Mahershala Ali got slated to be played, but, like, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's This is such an edgy movie. Like, this mm-hmm. is such an edgy movie. Like, everyone says fuck. Like, I think, like, once every other sentence, uh, mm-hmm. there's blood everywhere. 
Oh mm-hmm. my god, there's so much blood. <laughs> Which it's it's so funny too because I mean Blade is a Marvel property and seeing the stronghold that like Marvel has now and then looking back at what Blade offered us with you know blood ooze like you know blood pouring everywhere people saying shit and fuck and whatever the fuck else wesley snipes feels like doing on an afternoon like we get all that but it's just it's so interesting to see like where we where we like came from because some people point to you know spider-man as being the one to bring in you know the the modern superhero movie or start pushing it in that direction or x-men shifting the tides for the superhero movies back in the early 2000s but I really think we need to look at Blade for kind of getting the ball rolling because, OK, mm-hmm. the first, like Blade took the first step. So Spider-Man and X-Men could fucking sprint off and take mm-hmm. over. I, it's, dude, it's again, it, it's weird and it kind of pains me to sort of stop and give them props with Blade because I don't think that Blade is a good movie. I don't. I mm-hmm. genuinely don't think. I think Blade is a forgettable movie. That being said, yeah, like that, like that whole that whole first foray into superhero movies that all led up to Iron Man. That is all Blade's doing. Like Blade, Blade Two, Blade Trinity. That is they did. Like they 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 literally crawled so so spider-man could run like i like, absolutely absolutely so let's look at wesley snipes as blade now we could have actually had denzel washington or lawrence fishburne as the Daywalker, but instead we got wesley snipes who i will say he plays blade with a certain level of charisma that I think works in a somewhat cheesy action horror movie. And I, I definitely think that Snipes was the right choice for mm-hmm. this I, part. A hundred percent. Describe Wesley Snipes's blade. <laughs> for it's us. Okay. I just, when, when blade isn't busy killing vampires, he's busy dodging his taxes. No, <laughs> no, it's okay. All right. All right. All right. No, we, we got, we have like two more tax dodging jokes aimed at Wesley Snipes and then we got to get down to brass tacks but no Wesley Snipes is Blade I do think that Wesley Snipes plays Blade with the correct amount of cheesy intensity as I like to call it because Wesley Snipes Wesley Snipes has done action movies before you know everyone everyone like everyone who knows like you know, those 80s and 90s, like, one-off, one-off movies where it's always been on black or whatever the hell his other, mm-hmm. like, quotes are. So he wasn't, he didn't have the repertoire that Denzel Washington did of being an actor and an auteur. He had more of, like, I feel like he had the chops put in place to be Blade. And boy, it shows. Because Blade as a character is just, he's... It's like it's like if it's like if Wesley Snipes is act, classic action character just swallowed nails and like listen to just like listen to just like uh, like the sounds of Mike Tyson beating a man until he's unconscious because it's just it, dude it is just so intense but it's also so it's also so silly so I feel dude. like it is that good middle ground. There are some points with Wesley Snipes throughout this movie where, like, 
if you you know he's trying to you know be the stoic like terminator type character but then just randomly he'll just like fist bump in the air and then like you know go like a like you know he looks like oh a, it's fucking, great. You know, he's a fucking vampire <laughs> shit he's doing his vampire <laughs> shit but then he's, he and i don't know he fucking does fucking repeated wheel kicks and there was one more i had but then i lost it uh, but then, oh yeah, then they'll like say something like, "Are you really shooting at me, motherfucker?" And like, like, oh Jesus Christ, where did this come from? It's it's the best. I love it. I I love it. Just those breaks take all of the like all of the all of the searing edginess and just make it cheesy, which is okay. Weirdly enough, like normally it's like it's like oh you want to seem to be weighty, blah blah blah, but like. I'm I'm of a mindset where it's like, actually, if you can take all of that searing edge and make it silly, I'm actually cool with it. I'm actually mm-hmm. super okay. And Wesley Snipes does a great job of just making sure we're all on the same page that despite all of the blood, the saying fuck and the shooting, it's still a superhero movie. Let's all have fun here. <laughs> and fun and fun we do have. But let's look behind the scenes now. Because mm. we got Stephen Norrington, who directed this movie, who would later go on to direct um, a little movie called The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, and, and hasn't done anything since. A classic. He's he turned out he turned out one so one movie that was all right. And then The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which we don't need to speak of. <laughs> and like oh my god did he really he just dropped off the map after that that's great well, i mean just by looking at his like wikipedia page he was like tasked with working on a bunch of films like after like you know throughout the uh, 2000s but it just didn't come to be for like one reason or another i mean when you're attached to a movie like Jeez. the lead of extraordinary gentlemen that I mean, is it kind, that's it kind, of, it kind of speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a toxic IP. That's one of those I that's one of those movies that just <laughs> that, that's just that's just a danger to be around. It's like mm-hmm. the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is like the superhero equivalent of Jack and Jill, where mm-hmm. it's just where it's just all the people attached to it just got just shot down into the into the crater of the earth, other than the actors associated with it. <laughs> Well, you want to know, getting back to Blade, you want to know who we almost got to direct this movie? Ooh, who? David Fincher. No, really? Yeah, because the writer who I want to talk about here in a second, David S. Goyer, he came out and said that Fincher helped develop the script and was going to direct, but, you know, for for unknown reasons, it, it just never transpired probably has something to do with him directing alien three, like, you know, a few years prior. And he was like, I don't want to, I don't want to work on a big budget studio movie ever again. Yeah, exactly. David Fincher. He was, he was helping a buddy out and the buddy's like, so we want to make this happen. And like David Fincher's like, hell no, you, you deal with it. I don't want anything to do with this trash. He's like, it's all you dog. But looking at the writer, David S. Goyer, He's fucking been around the block when it comes to writing superhero movies, including the sequels to Blade. Nice. Batman Begins. Oh, damn. Man of Steel. Batman v Superman. Oh. 
and the sequel to Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, he was in Spirit of Vengeance. That's awesome. I like that. I like that. I like that you sort of, you, you, it was like a roller coaster. You had to build up to Batman Begins, and I was like, whoa. So he took off from there. And then you were like, and he was in Spirit of Vengeance. And I was like, ooh, okay. He's <laughs> like, steep, steep fall. Hey, hey, man, we can't, we can't forget about Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. The, do you those, bleed? I mean, those were movies. <laughs> that they they, they existed, and they had they had Batfleck, arguably arguably the 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 least the least excited Batman I've ever seen. <laughs> Less excited than George Clooney, dare I say? Well, no, George and Clooney. Then, was, George Clooney, he was excited. Just in the wrong ways. <laughs> exactly. Dude, dude, the bat nipples did nothing for him. The, dude, that, was, that, more, that, that more was like a excited erotic Batman. That exactly. In, in a exactly. Batman and Robin. Yeah. Who? I didn't know I was getting dinner in a show, Mr. Clooney. <laughs> no, it's it's <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, that is true. It's, whew, what a steep drop after Batman begins. So, Mike, let's just get right into it. Okay. If this movie were a drink, what would it be and why? All right. So, my drink is, it is, it, I do have a drink. I do have a drink. But I also, I have a feeling or or a situation hmm. to go along with this drink. Hmm. You haven't had one of those in a while. I know, exactly. We're We're bringing it out. So, all right. So, my situation is. We've all had those moments where we've gone to a bar and it's all and it's been we remember hearing somewhere, be it on social media, be it through a friend, but we heard about this cool hip bar that we should go to. Oh yeah, you should go to bar X. They're really good. And you're like, all right, great. You go into the bar, it's not really your vibe. You're feeling a little out of water here. But, you know, you enjoy it still. You like it. So you go up to the bartender and it's just this very, it's this neck tattooed, cool, way cooler than you are bartender. And cooler than you are in any way you want to think it is. Mm-hmm. And they turn to you and give you that, hey man, what do you, what's your, what's your vibe? What's your, what, what are you looking for? And you sort of sit there and you go, oh, I like X, Y, and Z. Or, oh, I really, you know, I really kind of like, you know, like uh, cocktails with a deeper flavor. Or like, I like this and that. And they go, I got you. I know exactly what you want. And they go out and make it. You see the bartender rummage around. He grabs a thing of Jägermeister. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what? It's, it's. It's a digestif, but you know, and it's got some, it's got some development to it, but you know, mostly, you mostly have it for Jaeger bombs during college, but you know, Hey, maybe he's got, maybe he's doing something with it. Then he grabs straight cherry juice without any sugar. And you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, cherry and Jaeger. You're like, I've never had that before, but you know, adding a little bit of, you know, intensity to this to this bar to this to this bar it really fits the vibe that i'm that that i'm in right now <coughs> and then he see he sees your he sees you sort of like not approvingly when you pull out the jaeger and he takes that pulls out a thing of soda water and he pulls out this little like pill 
full of what you assume to be caffeine powder. He cracks it open, pours it in, and then he stirs in activated charcoal. And you're kind of you stop and go, all right, you're starting to lose. Am I getting like a like a like a teeth whitening thing (laughs) going on here? Like, is this cocktail going to make my smile brighter? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You're pausing. You're you're like, you're like, okay. you're like, I'm officially lost. I don't know what's going on. And then he tries to bring you back. He goes, all right, all right, I'm losing. I'm losing them. And then he pulls out some orange bitters and and then you, you give that sigh of relief. Okay, we're back to familiar territory. And finally. He sits there, grabs a thing of water, grabs a little sh- a shaker bottle full of pomegranate juice and spritzes it on top of the water and waters down your entire cocktail. Mm. So in conclusion, you have a Jägermeister cocktail at its base. Yep. Essentially something to, that's that's meant to get the party started. You've got some cherry juice to add this like bloody sort of new agey cool vibe that the longer you let it sit kind of doesn't work. You've got this weird addition of this side piece, these side characters of caffeine powder and activated charcoal in soda water that you're, that you're now you're just lost. You're like, why are these side characters here? Why is, why is this happening? And then they bring in something to support the base some orange bitters. You're like, okay, uh, that works with the Jägermeister. That that works with that works with Blade. And then finally, they just they need to make it. They, they need to add something fruity with it, something that adds a sweetness or something interesting. So they just spritz some pomegranate juice on the top, and that's my cocktail. Something mm. that's new agey at the but new agey and fit for a vibe. But honestly, it's not exactly the best thing to go back on. <laughs> so once you have this drink, you realize, oh, this bar isn't as cool as I thought it was. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's it's all Damn. it's all visual. No, no substance. And that's kind of how I felt about Blade. I was like, oh, visually, visually. Damn. I was like, they got some cool mm. shit going on. But substance wise, it is it is like a two is it's two feet of water you're like it's not not that deep yeah at the end of the day blade is a movie that is like you're not gonna be up all night thinking about like what everything meant what all the symbolisms were like (laughs) Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. that's not this movie but no it it can give you a bit of a good time which i think your cocktail does yeah in a way in a way i'll (laughs) say we we do some similar things um especially with soda water but you know spoiler all right you'll see so vampires action exposition the earliest of the early marvel movies what do we do now you see a whiskey is a good choice for an action movie but i'm gonna go with a vodka you see because there's something about the vampire blood and the blood thing that makes me lean towards vodka because this is kind of like you know action horror hybrid movie so we'll go with a vodka but this movie is very 50-50. Now, what I mean by that is, like, with the action, there's some moments that are, like, genuinely still impressive. Like, the opening fight scene is awesome, like, to this day. And then there's Blade punching a police officer in the back of the head out of nowhere and just continuous crescent <laughs> kicks as Blade is spinning in a circle. It makes you think, oh, it's okay, we, we, had, it, we had a good thing going. So... So for that, I'm going to go, let's get one shot 
of let's go Grey Goose. You know, it's a good vodka. Might be a little mainstream, but it's good nonetheless. Now let's get another shot. Go to your local liquor store. See what's on the bottom shelf and make sure it's unflavored. Maybe like a Sky Vodka. Again, main thing, something unflavored and cheap. Let's go to the Vampires now. So we got two shots of vodka. Now the Vampires. They're okay. Not the best depiction in fiction, but certainly not the worst. For me, they're just fine. And our lead villain, Frost, is certainly a villain. (laughs) So for that, go take an ounce and a half of some raspberry liqueur. Now our drink has that, like, you know, kind of blood color thing going. We have a multitude of other subplots going on. Blade and the Whistler, the mentor-mentee relationship, the love interest Karen, so for those, let's just keep it simple because, I mean, you could take you could take it or leave it with their stories. It really, you know, it whenever they're on screen and like they're interrupting Blade, I'm like, can, can we just go back to Blade, like, you know, shooting people, please? So for them, I'm going to say soda water. This movie's like plot. It wasn't pushing any boundaries and it didn't need to. So let's toss in four ounces of that. Now, when this movie isn't having, you know, some decent action. There's a lot of exposition, like people explaining the plot and this movie's world to you. What can we do to take this drink and just kind of make it boring and, you know, at least make you also not enjoy it? Because when they're talking, you're just like, okay, all right, come on, let's let's, uh, you know, we've been talking for a little bit. I understand you might need a little talking, but this is this is getting a little bit too much. So for me, since we have vampires, why not just toss in? Two ounces of garlic water. Take some great value garlic powder. Mix that up with some water. Toss that into your cocktail. Pour this into a highball glass. I feel like that kind of fits with the vibe of this movie. And yeah, that's it. A shot of goose? Shot of sky? Some some garlic water? And and then the uh what was the what was the middle one? Uh soda water. And raspberry liqueur. Oh, oh yeah, raspberry liqueur and soda and, and soda water. Great. It's I I do love that it's two kinds of water because again I think it's great because you and I both went for the same weird offshoot stuff that makes you stop and go wait what the hell why are we doing this and that's that's the that's the relationships between Whistler and Blade which I was like which I was like. All right, yeah, sure. That's that's a mentor mentee thing. That's pretty expected. And then I honestly didn't know the girl's name was Karen. I thought I just called her girl. Like they didn't. They said her name once. And honest to God, their relationship is it's so weird. It takes away from the movie. It doesn't even feel like the classic movie relationship where it's like where it's like where it's like oh they kiss at the end and they're like a thing or they like. Or they're like, they're friends and they get along despite their differences. It's just, she's there. Mm-hmm. She so is I the really audience's like the, vessel for like, yeah, exactly. like people explaining things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I'm like, okay, okay. So we, I, I, I like that we both went for a weird hook in ours. Mm-hmm. I do. I like that. I, I do like that you went with a goose and then a sky. You were like, it's like a, you were like a, and we'll start with a good one and then move a little bit downwards. <laughs> but I respect right. it. I like it. All right, guys, we'll go get your drink of choice and let's talk about Blade. 
1967. We go to a hospital. A woman got her neck bit, and doctors think she's been she was bit before coming in. She like she, but she's also pregnant and going into labor. And you know, despite their best efforts, we see her flatlining. But the baby seems to. But it doesn't matter. Wesley Snipes' name comes in in red, and we get the blade title like covered in red. And we're like, hell yeah! Forget mm-hmm. about that woman. She won't be important to the plot at all, anyways. So <laughs> we get like a. We cut to like I don't know the Det- the Detroit version of like white trash Bonnie and Clyde having a crime night on the town, and they end up at like this meat packing plant and speak some Slavic to some vampire Elvis impersonator that opens the door to this <laughs> fucking techno club where we get nineties editing and people dancing gotta, and a DJ with flashing <laughs> lights on his head. We gotta we gotta pause. We gotta pause. The opening scene with the woman on the stretcher, yeah, whatever. Whatever. She she got bit vampire blade. Cool. Whatever. We get it. That's that's it. We get it. That's okay, who cares? This opening to 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 great value nineties Bonnie and Clyde going through a meat locker to just this hulking guy who just who just looks like he's like posing just in front very awkwardly he literally dude he is literally almost t-posing he is almost t-posing and then yeah they just yell slavic words at each other and then he opens it up and it's a it is a thumping rave which i sat there and like is this stupid is this stupid yes it is I mean, you oh know, oh my god, it's awesome. I mean, you know, they they did it in Night of in uh, Return of the Living Dead, Rave to the Grave. So, is it stupid? The answer is yes, yes, it is. But, it, but it's but Blaine makes it awesome, and also the music, the just the music's bumping, and they're just like jamming out. I'm like, hell yeah. So Bonnie and Clyde basically get in and start, you know, moving across, like dancing across the dance floor, and this dude gets separated, like, and he's starting to get shoved around. And he, you know, he's like, okay, you know, maybe I need to, you know, get a drink. But then he looks down, a little spot of blood lands on his hand. He's like, what the fuck is going on? And he looks up and the party is called the bloodbath. And it starts raining blood like that one bullet for my Valentine music video <laughs> where people are just up fucking dancing and shit. And he get this guy gets surrounded. The girl that brought him in like starts like flashing her fangs at him. She's a vampire. He's <laughs> surrounded by fucking vampires. <laughs> they start fucking curb stomping his ass. And when he's crawling away, when he That's- sees... I'll, do you have something to say? Before oh, oh no, 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 you can't, you can't, you can't blue ball everyone when you, when you introduce. <laughs> Guys, we, he looks up. Wesley Snipes has arrived and all of these vampires are like, oh no, it's him. It's the Daywalker. And in his best fucking Matrix getup, he pulls out a shotgun and just starts shooting at motherfuckers <laughs> who just like particle disappear and turn into a skeleton like it's the fucking Spider-Man movie from it's 2002. A- it's so great. It's so great. This whole scene when he sits there and and like when the bloodbath comes out and all of them start curb stopping him. The first issue I ran into was them. They were all pushing him and curb stomping him. And I just had to stop and go, you guys are vampires, right? Why aren't you biting him? Isn't that like, the isn't that the thing? And, but but either way, like either are the, way, are these, are these people vampires are just really shitty moshers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're just douchebags in a mosh pit. No, it's but yeah, exactly. It 
It's such an awesome introduction to Blade because it pans up from his boots upwards and it is just him in all black and he just looks so, he looks, he looks so edgy and so awesome. Like, God damn, he looks, he looks so ridiculous and cool. So he pulls out a shotgun, like I said, starts shooting motherfuckers. And we get some cool hand-to-hand fight scenes. But then the other Mm -hmm. vampires can use guns, which, you know, (laughs) who would have thought of that? And they start shooting at Wesley Snipes. Even the fucking DJ tries to pop a cap in Blade's ass like no one's fucking safe. But then uh, this other, like, white trash vampire comes in with a gang of bad guys that Blade kills with his blade, his fucking samurai sword and throwing daggers. And, you know, he shoots this like fucking he shoots this vampire that's screaming in Slavic blade does the he like he shoots him. This is so ridiculous. This is what I was talking about when it was getting ridiculous. He shoots him once, twice, and then blade goes, yes, and like does the whole hand movement down like that one, like that one fucking meme of the baby that ate sand. It's it's so it's so great. Yeah. Also, I want to add to the I want to add to this to the listeners it's a blood it's a blood it's called the bloodbath there is an inch of actual blood on the floor and blade is fighting through it kicking people fighting fighting all of the like all of the like club goers shooting them and all of that blade doesn't get a speck of blood on him he is the the man is spotless he is running through he is running through an actual inch of fucking blood and he looks crisp. There is not a single stain on this man, which I got to say made me double go. Yes, that's awesome. Listen, instead of our uh, intern bit of the intern holding the gun to the cat, instead our intern is following Blade around between shots and like, you know, cleaning <laughs> off his outfit like really quickly. <laughs> exactly. It's just, he's literally sitting there and they. And I like the idea of Wesley Snipes takes four steps and the director goes, cut! And then you just see four interns like dive roll in and just like spit shine his entire outfit, <laughs> dive roll away, and then they go, and action. <laughs> so... So like I said, he shoots these this vampire. He's like, I'm tired of tired of chopping you up, man. And then to get rid of this vampire, you know, just do the wholesome thing of setting the motherfucker on fire, and then fucking just makes his escape as he walks angstily down an alleyway. It's as, it's as the so police crazy. and fire departments arrive. He just. He literally, he just, and this is a vampire too. So Blade's being very humane here by disposing of him in in a really normal way by pinning him to the wall and setting him ablaze. Because you know vampires don't die by fire, can't die by fire. So he's just in just in agony, which is which which I feel like I feel like this set that's that specifically Mm -hmm. sets the tone for the movie. In, in, in right there because it's like because the movie it feels like the movie turns to and goes same for babies after after like blade sets a vampire on fire you just see him in agony like screaming you're like oh all right damn movie cool so then we cut to the morgue the flaming body gets wheeled in by a bunch of morticians it's an extra crispy vampire then we go to uh, karen jensen she's a hemologist I think that's how you pronounce it. And she does science on blood. And she's speaking science to this guy, Curtis, I guess her underling. 
And they're like, oh, this blood's really weird. So they go to look at this dead body, the crispy vampire that got brought in. They're like, oh, this is so weird. It's not like a normal body. And they're like, oh, why do you say that? Because then this fucking crispy vampire sits up, comes back to life, bites Curtis on the neck. And I'm like, okay. By the way, um, Curtis and Karen, they were like a thing. So the joke I, that I put in here was, wow, that's one less X to worry about. Dude, I, exactly. She's like, I like the idea of that she's compartmentalizing and framing it as best as she can. So she's kind of sitting there looking to herself going, okay, Karen, let's look at this class half full. He was a little on the odd side <laughs> instead of just, just like mourning and screaming. But I also, I do want to say, and granted, I have, I don't know any morticians. I don't know any coroners. I don't know if this is a thing. But these people, because they were an item, they just start talking about romance as they're cutting open a corpse. Which, again, remember, I don't know anyone who does this job. This could be a thing. It's just me as the viewer. It's like, so do you think there was anything between us? Do you think there could have been anything? As he's literally breaking the sternum of of, of this vampire named Curtis. Or not Curtis. Of this vampire. And I'm just like, damn, those like, weird tones were happening here. So... Then this vampire zombie starts going after Karen and, and is about to do her in when Blade fucking just appears and is like ready for round two. So <laughs> I loved it. So he just Blade, shows up. No, 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 no. I get it. This motherfucker just shows up out of nowhere. It's not like it's not like you just go, oh my god, what, sir? You can't be there. Blade bursts through the door. It's literally the camera pans and Blade's there, and you're like, you're like, my god, he's like Goku from Dragon Ball. He just shows up. <laughs> so Blade fights this crispy zombie, and police start shooting at him. Where again, Blade fucking breaks and is like, motherfucker, are you out of your damn mind? And says that to the police. I'm like okay i thought it was supposed to be like a stoic badass and then this shit comes out of nowhere so the police run away while the crispy zombie jumps out of a window lands on an ambulance then runs in the streets then blade he goes up to check on karen who like he's like gives vibes of like his mom who apparently he remembers his own birth and remembers his mom so <laughs> that's you know, vampire shit i guess of, he's got a hell of a memory like my <laughs> fucking lord so he feels sympathy for karen picks her up and starts running away while cops shoot at him but then he gets cornered <laughs> and he's got nowhere to run with this fucking person so he fucking yeets her out of a window to the building fucking 30 yards Dude, away he, over the street and she lands fine. Dude, he fucking Tom Brady from the 40 just hums her across a busy street and he face plants like a dead fish on the roof and she's okay. Oh my god. No, you see, you, you see, your moment was what was the bloodbath at the beginning? We we're like, got it. I understand what this movie's about. Us connoisseurs watch this part of the movie. Like, okay, nope, got it. I understand. <laughs> Dude, that shit was so funny. He football throws her <laughs> like like eight stories, and she's a okay. So. He jumps across and he's fine too, you know, and he, you know, on this other building, he just sure. picks her up and they just fucking okay, keep running off. <laughs> so later Blade, Blade drives with Karen to some train yard where his base is located to meet his partner, 
Whistler. And, you know, like we see that um, Karen's been bit. Whistler <coughs> says that, you know, Blade just should just finish the job. But Karen is in the stages of changing. And she comes to and, you know, she's going to get injected with garlic. And we get exposition dumping. The guy I, that did this is a henchman of some guy named Frost. So cool. I just also want to say this. Chris Chris uh, Chris Christopherson is the person who plays Whistler. So for anyone who's a country music fan, it is the weirdest energy that I felt as someone who listens to country music on occasion. It is just like it's just the dude the dude who sang "Roll Me Up and Smoke Me When I Die" with Willie Nelson is sitting here. He's like, "What a fucking mother." fucker deacon fucking frosties we gotta put a fucking hole in that fucker i'm like jesus christ grace why don't you go out to chill out for a quick second oh my lord and i pulled up his um uh imdb page here and apparently he was in a documentary uh play the narrate it was doing the narration for a brats mo- uh brats our journey home <laughs> We're not making the joke. We're not making the six. We're not making it. I don't. Okay. Nope. Never mind. It's it's a movie about military brats. Not not those. Oh, okay. (laughs) Dude, I was about to be like, dude, I was about to be like, I was about to be like, we got like, no, I'm not making the joke about how we playing this shit out anymore. I got you. I got you. 2001 Planet of the Apes. He was in that movie. Oh, no. Well, we're going to have to cover that one at some point. (laughs) So later we go to see a series of evil businessmen sitting around an evil table and they all talk evilly about Blade. But then Frost gets sent in and, you know, we hear people talk about Frost. I'm like, okay, who is he? He's actually just some like fucking grungy Ed Sheeran looking motherfucker. So he sits down at this table while one of the suits like speaks Slavic and they're angry and they say, oh, the, the nightclubs you own are not good. And Frost is like, listen, these people are our food. Talking about humans. We should be ruling them. And but one of the suits, Gitano, I think is his fucking name, says we've existed like this for thousands of years. You're not even a pure blood. You weren't born a vampire. You were turned. Ooh, hell, ooh vampire racism. That, we're getting a whole lot of vampire racism in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> also, very quickly, very quickly. Context, context wise, this is a meeting of board members mm-hmm. who we assume Based upon the based upon the extensive diversity of the suits and how many of the suits there are, we can. It's just my my assumption was like, oh, okay, cool. So this is like, like a meeting of the vampiric council or whatever. Like either it's like the vampires of New York who run it or wherever city they are, or these are all of the vampires. But I'm like, mm-hmm. either way, it's a it's a vampire leadership council thing. So it's like, okay, cool. All these people who are very powerful. And then Crack Ed Sheeran, the nightclub owner. Yeah, he's yeah, here because yeah. he's an important <laughs> big dick swinger in the world of vampires, which <laughs> I said to stop and go, you're telling me the dude who runs the the secret raves in meat lockers is at the same same level as the dude who pays off the cops and the dude who runs legislature. Like, guys, like, I don't, well, like, okay, fine, sure. Whatever. He's more powerful than all of them combined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. Of course. So we get, we get a quick scene where Blade goes to enter some mystic store um, for some serum. And then we just fucking never go back to this place ever again. <laughs> So we're just going to, dude, why would we? So we're going to move on. So we go back to the base that Blade has and Karen wakes up. She's confused. She doesn't really know where she's at. 
find looks around, finds a bunch of plants, an old ID, some uh, uh, samurai-esque furniture, a katana that's also some type of fucking transformer. It like if you hold it, it'll like pop out spikes if you're not blade or flip a switch. That'll be important later. So she overhears Blade and Whistler talking um, and the Whistler's like, listen, you know, given exposition, he had to um, up the injection that he's given to Blade and he fucking Whistler injects Blade after putting a fucking mouth guard in him. Blade starts seizing on this chair, freaking out, but gets through it and then sees Karen and she tries to run away. But the Whistler like limps after her, gives chase, corners her. Blade drops in too. He's here. So they start, they, you know, give exposition, vampires, blade hunts them, tracking their migration. Karen doesn't believe it. Vampires are allergic to silver and garlic, ultraviolet rays, but not crosses. It's yeah, very important. That, that's none of that, none of that sissy Christian stuff that you remember in, in your, in Dracula. <laughs> I think I saw some quote somewhere where someone brought up the point of, you know, well, why would we do why would we do, um, you know, not crosses? And then, you know, I think it was David S. Goyer and Stephen Norrington said, you know, what if a vampire was Jewish? Why would a cross work ah! against him? <laughs> the classic Uno reverse card. What if the vampire is Jewish? That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> Checkmate. Like, oh, my uh, God. You, you, you could have just said we didn't want to do that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I just, you know, I love every no. vampire is different. <laughs> mm. Oh my God. Wait, hear me out. No, I don't want to hear me. I out. don't want to. I know. I don't is know. There, what is there a blade that has like a little yarmulke and he holds up the star nope, of David nope, and nope. other ones are just like, Oh no. No, no, no. No yarmulke wearing blade. Goyer, David S. Goyer opened up this can of worms. I would love to see all of the blades. <laughs> we could. Y- yarmulke blade can't hurt you. He doesn't exist. Yarmulke <laughs> blade. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's just Wesley Snipes in a Yamaka. <laughs> okay, so Blade is going on, like, and he advises Karen to skip town because vampires are going to start hunting her. And, you know, vampires own the police. Okay, cool, whatever. Also, Whistler gives uh, Karen a thing of vampire mace, which is literally just garlic and silver in a pepper spray can. I, I love that. That's just garlic in a pepper spray can, which is awesome. <laughs> Just awesome. And she and uh, Whistler also says, hey, um, if you get thirsty and start hating sunlight, buy a gun, use it on yourself, kill yourself. No, don't, don't guys, don't kill yourself. Uh, but but Whistler does say that. And I want to say, I want to say, Whistler, he's, he's so edgy and cool because as he's saying all of this, if you guys said buy a gun, kill yourself save you the other option he's literally lighting a cigarette as he's spilling gasoline over blade's car <laughs> and, and i'm just like i'm like whistler come on bud like it's i'm just i feel like i should just hear what i've done by lincoln park playing in the background come on so we go back with uh gitano and frost they're at some archive building we get exposit- more exposition. Frost is trying to translate some ancient language. Gitano is angry and slaps Frost. They, I don't know, they have like some weird type of sexual tension going on. But we go back with Blade in his car. He drops off Karen, tells her to be careful. 
and you know watch out for the vampires so she enters her building and notices the tattoos on the back of two people's necks they enter this elevator she feels nervous riding with these two when she goes off they start following her but then when she turns around no one's there okay weird (laughs) then karen enters her apartment she tries to make a call but the phone lines don't work and she starts packing stuff up she's like you know fuck this i'm gonna get out of here and then all of a sudden the cop is just in her apartment now she starts she's scared and like he's like what like what the fuck is going on the officer's like no no listen you were kidnapped this is just a routine wellness check i just and like i love this love that karen doesn't even fucking buy that like she starts yeah, asking exactly. questions yeah truthfully in her in karen's defense karen is karen also is like that's a load of bullshit it's but it's like this dude just shows up and just like hey sorry just a wellness check and i'm like bro I was like, uh, dude, in the year of our Lord, 2023, no one will see a cop just randomly pop into their house and they're like, a wellness check. Thank goodness. They're like, <laughs> everyone will be like, be like, no, 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 no. You stay on the other side of the doorway until I say you can go. Dude, even in 98, people weren't doing that shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> shit. Why can't we live in a time when people could leave their doors unlocked? Because that's when we had serial killers, Karen. Exactly. That's why. fucking vampires will come into your house and like eat all your food and then suck your blood and leave karen karen yeah karen just sits there and just just like why why couldn't life be why couldn't life be simpler like it was back in the day and you're like ah yes when ted bundy was running around goring people (laughs) exactly easy days so karen asks about curtis Uh, officer says listen he died just like you're gonna die bitch and fucking pulls his gun but she vampire sprays him and he ends up recovering and like, wait a second, like I thought you like I thought you were a vampire. And then the officer starts heading towards him, but then fucking Blade chops the police officer and it looks so fake because he just comes up and just like bops him on the back of the head and he just fucking like flips on the ground and like just collapses. Dude, oh my god, it is the best acting. <laughs> ever because blade literally gives him a love tap on the back of the head and you just hear the cop go as he like falls over in this really traumatic fashion i'm like damn i was like damn blade's got blade's got some blade's got some got some strength behind that arm like damn so he gives exposition this guy isn't a vampire just a wannabe vampire called a familiar and if he's loyal he might get turned cool by the way blade used her as bait and then he just fucking starts beating the shit out of this officer by destroying all of Karen's furniture. But we see the officer has a tattoo on the back of his neck. It's related to Deacon Frost and they take him out. They take, they take the officer outside and apparently he's been blood running and has a bunch of blood, blood bags. That's a tough word to say. So blade questions where he's going to take the bags, but it's given enough time for the officer to run away as blade pulls a gun out in the middle of a crowded area. Oh people God. just fucking flee to the sides and he's, he's going to shoot, but dude, then decides against it. It's dude. It's oh my God. Like blade literally sits there and just like in a crowded daylight daytime like i'm assuming this is new york i'm just gonna keep calling it new york or because like i don't know that that feels busy busy it gives the same busy vibes so literally in the middle of a new york street he pulls out a gun and points at the at an officer of the law and i'm like blade i don't want to tell you how to do your job bud but there's a term called being inconspicuous that you're not exactly adhering to right now but the officer is a vampire sympathizer 
Exactly, exactly. Morally, Blade's morally in the right. (laughs) So Blade scolds Karen, and she wants to go with Blade so she can stay alive long enough to find a cure, but there isn't a cure for vampirism. Now it's night, and Blade and Karen sit in the car waiting for the officer to return. And return he does, and they start following the officer in their car while the officer drives off in his car. (laughs) Okay, okay. just very quickly. This little following that they're doing in the car, I know the what you're way doing. this was chopped up, I, 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 I'm going to beat you to the punch. The way this was chopped Bastard. up from a movie perspective, oh Lord, have mercy! Why don't you take it away, Max? Why don't you? Why don't you take? Well, it, why don't you take it and run with it? Well, a lot of these driving shots just look so fake. Like if you've ever watched a sitcom where they're driving, where the back is clearly green screen, that's what I see with Blade, and it's just like you know, fucking. Remember those ads, those anti-piracy ads, where just people like running a load of car. Yeah, it, it's that. It's literally that editing, but with a blade and Karen just in a car driving around. Well, now you can see why they why they chose that editing style because, oh my god, it's so choppy. And the entire time I was like, why? Oh my god, why are we? Why is this the energy we've chosen? Dear God. So Blade follows the officer to a doorway with a vampire mark and Blade just like drops exposition about how a bunch of people are vampires at this club. A lot of exposition with this movie, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Blade loads up, gives Karen a gun, gets stopped at the door by the doorman, but Blade fucking tosses him through. Then we cut inside to some like K-pop vampire club with a bunch of guys in suits watching baby metal sing or some shit. Dude, it is literally, it's like watching a rap version of baby metal, like, just on stage as these, like, grown men in suits, like, watch and they're not, like, clapping or, like, yeah, they're singing along. They are stone-faced watching this thing. And I'm like, damn, the vampire world is, they got some weird music taste, dog. Not, hey, not, not 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 knocking anyone's anyone's taste in music. It's hey, if it works, it works. I just, just they're it's like real weird. This looks, they're just they're just like, oh yeah, I look so cool right now. That's it's, the face it, they're dude, giving it, off, it, dude. It like like literally it it it. They're giving the same sort of impression and look that I would give if I went to like a jazz lounge where it's like someone was really intricately playing the upright bass, and I was like, oh, that's. Wow, it's a really wow, this is a really sophisticated song. I really like how they're playing. Like, but for like baby metal. (laughs) (laughs) So Blade walks through and starts fucking assaulting people to look for this cop. And you know, he finds the cop in the back and starts beating the shit out of him. He wants to know where the entrance of this club is, and it's in the freezer. Okay. So they open the fridge to some hallway and he lets this cop guy go while Karen and Blade enter this hallway to an elevator that takes him down to this archive that we saw earlier with Frost. We're like, damn, this vampire shit do run deep. <laughs> so then we cut to Frost in his lab. Um, he, apparently, he's throwing some type of party. And, like, apparently the translation that I mentioned earlier is complete. And we get, like, a nice Microsoft-style animation with a series oh of people God. and vampire lettering. And, like, it's... I don't know, a flux capacitor getting animated dude, it, dude, it's Dude, I was half expecting just to hear, just in the back, I just, you just hear, party! Like, just like Doc Brown just comes out of nowhere. Like, it, it's dude, it's ridiculous. These graphics, it is straight up ridiculous. So Frost gets dragged to his party, 
the cop from earlier is trying to talk to him and Frost is just not happy. So he ignores him, then ignores the guy trying to talk to him. The cop is like, but it's played. It's played. We can we, we can still get the girl. Frost is just like, you know what? I've had enough of this bullshit. Takes a fucking vampire bite out of the cop. Then French kisses some girl with blood covering his mouth. And he's mm-hmm. like, forget the girl. I want Blade. I want him alive. And then since <laughs> Quinn, the fucking crispy vampire from earlier. Yeah, he's a fucking person now. He sends him after Blade. So we go back with Blade and Karen. They encounter Pearl, a very large man, I think. I don't know. He's the record keeper. It's 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 like if a pancake could talk like it like, dude, it's, it's what like, happens if you leave the Pillsbury Doughboy in the oven for just like dude. way too fucking long. And he starts melting. <laughs> he's not giggling anymore. He's just like, <laughs> As he's like just spreading out like, dude. Yeah, exactly. Dude. Yeah. Pearl does look like the Pillsbury Doughboy. If you just left him in the oven for like an hour and a half. No, it's, it, it also it's like they're also playing into it but it's like it's just pearl just like just like ripped ass as like the as like just the camera pans pans to him yeah we get a fart joke in this movie and, and I, blade. Yeah, like, dude it was weird it was weird i was like i was like would not have expected blade to be making fart jokes but here we are so pearl is talking to frost and blade starts talking to frost but then karen takes the uv uh, light that Whistler was working on and points it at Pearl and Blade starts questioning. Karen points the light, starts burning Pearl. He screams. Pearl's like, you know what? Like what's going on? And he's like, the spirits of the 12 tribes will awaken the blood God. And there's nothing you can do about it. Daywalker. So Blade steals this file on a floppy disk and then starts setting up to blow up this room. All while Karen is fucking burning Pearl alive with this gun. Also, also I want to say, Pearl the entire time, and it's like, dude, this was this was so. This is another funny moment because what happens is is Blade is like, if he moves, if he moves, fry him. And Karen's like, okay. And then obviously Pearl moves, and then Karen starts frying him. But the thing is, is because Pearl has because Pearl is essentially just a spread out Pillsbury doughboy. Whenever the light is shined, you just see him T-Rex arm wiggles and he's, he's like trying to fly away with it. Yeah, he's literally flapping his arms as he's getting burned. So what is you see these lesions form as he's like as he's like wagging his hands like and just going Meek. So they blow up this record room and, ha- and have access to a bunch of the pages from the vampire bible. Blade gives even more exposition, but something's in there with them. Blade senses it. In a choppily cut sequence, Blade finds a little girl. Fucking sidekicks Blade and breaks one of the cases the vampire Bible was in. Quinn and his goons are here, and Blade's ready to fight a bunch of bad guys. There's something about these fight scenes. There's, and you know, there's something about these fight scenes that, like, this one was a little bit different from the one at the beginning. The one at the beginning was like all action, all octane. I don't know. This one, it was just, it was just off. I don't know if I can explain it. It was mm-hmm. just kind no, of no, no. I'm with you. I'm with you. They're, the 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 vibes were off. The, the vibes were off. The vibes were not immaculate, my friends. Yeah, not absolutely. Immaculate at all. Dare I say? So they hold down Blade. Quinn shows off his new hand. One of the vampires grabs, you know, 
Blade's blade that explodes in his hand. We're like, okay, so that's what it does. So Quinn monologues. They got Karen. Quinn stabs Blade with a silver stake, but Blade starts laughing. He was like, I was expecting company. Then the room fucking breaks down. Fucking Whistler comes in with a guns a blazing and it's, chaos just fucking ensues. Dude, what, dude, this is just, it's just so abrupt. It's so abrupt. Like, I understand. Blade even sets you, the viewer, up. Like, he's not, he doesn't, he goes, he goes, I was expecting company. And like, as a viewer, I would, huh? <laughs> like, I just literally was like, Oh, I mean, yeah, I guess he's referencing them. And Whistler just breaks the ceiling. And then he has the best line ever, which is, catch you fuckers at a bad time. And I'm like, come on, Whistler. And then he just shoots everyone. It's so cheesy. It's It's, so cheesy. It's like, dude, it literally, dude, they just say, they just say fuck and shit. Just in the the cheesiest ways. Like, it's so nuts. I'm beginning to wonder why it took so long for a Deadpool movie to get made. Because I'm like, guys, we had Blade in the 90s and that shit worked. The fuck you mean? Yeah, exactly. They're like, we don't know if an R-rated movie would work. (laughs) Blade did. (laughs) Shut up. So the bad guys now give chase. Blade, Karen, and the Whistler try to escape through some subway tunnels, but a bag explodes. The Whistler gets knocked loose. He fucking disappears somewhere. And Blade and Karen try to escape and almost get hit by a train, but Quinn is able to jump past the train at the last second. And Karen almost gets knocked into the train while Blade's fighting and Quinn and you know while Blade fights Quinn and she grabs Blade's blade and stabs Quinn in the leg while this guy gets his fucking head bonked against this train like he's fucking I don't know that dude from Invincible absolutely and he's just just gets his head fucking held against the train cart and he like you see his face and he looks like Two Face from Batman like like. More like more like half face, am I right? Ah. <laughs> ah. Oh damn! Ah. Oof. Ouch! So, so Blade and Karen get on the back of this train, hop on, and they're able to escape the bad guy's clutches. So in the train, Karen relocates Blade's shoulder. Blade injects himself with some blood, where Karen realizes that Blade is a vampire, but he's not. He's like he's he's half he's kind of like a half vampire. And then later we get Whistler giving exposition about Blade. Blade's mom was attacked by a vampire when she was pregnant. He went through some genetic changes. He can withstand garlic and silver and all that, but he still ages like a human and has a thirst for blood and still has only like, you know, the, the strength and stuff. So all the fun stuff, you know, mm-hmm. comes with yeah, him. exactly. He literally has all of the cool parts. And <laughs> that's my favorite thing is he literally just has the cool parts. None of the backs, none of the drawbacks. But, you know, they haven't found a cure. Whistler, that's more exposition he gives. But then we go up to Blade's room where he sits facing a corner and Karen comes in to talk to him. And it's so moody. Do do not say Blade sits in a corner as if he's like, he's like, he's like staring vacantly. Blade sits chair facing brick wall like he's in the timeout corner. Like, it is not moody. I looked at that and I was like, I was like, my my man got caught spilling the orange juice on the carpet. And now he has to sit and think about what he did. Listen, it's moody if you're if you if you're in preschool and getting put in timeout. It's just like the world goes black darkness falls and you just sit staring 
Absolutely. Well. It's solitary confinement, but for but for preschoolers. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, he sit, talks to Angst. Humans don't drink blood. And he's been looking for that thing that killed his mother. And we cut away to Quinn talking to one of his henchmen. The henchmen are just like fucking roasting him. Like, I want Blade alive. And then we cut to Dawn, where Frost kisses some woman by the ocean. And Frost brought one of the suits, Gitano, out. And they have like a more thick sexual tension where Frost talks about how he's sentimental. And Gitano says, do what you want. You're never going to be pure blood. All while Frost like strips him down. And, you know, removes his teeth <laughs> with pliers. And then his body gets burned in the sunlight. Like, these I, are some questionable CGI. Oh, dude, the CGI. Oh, the CGI. Magnifique, dare I say. It is It is just some, it is just some ripe old schlock. It is great. It's also, I love that you pointed out that him and Gitano have just the weirdest of vibes. <laughs> just the weirdest tension between one another. Because they'll sit there, hold each other, and like gaze into each other's eyes from like an inch away. And you're like, y'all, what's, <laughs> what's the, what the hell? Like, listen, Mike, <laughs> listen, listen, man, it reminds me of those, of those nights in Thailand, you and me. Just, just making eye contact and just 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 making the most intense eye contact like bros <laughs> like like buds no they're they're not they're, it's not sexual t- well maybe it is sexual tension but they're bros so it's that good type of sexual tension you know <laughs> exactly you just exactly. want to kiss one of your homies because you're so proud of him absolutely absolutely you're like you're like i'm so proud of you i could i could make out with you right here <laughs> so these other vampires like they don't erupt in flames because they put on motorcycle helmets, turtlenecks, and gloves, and ride it. off because you I know love it. that fucking works. So we go sure. back with Blade and the Whistler. Blade shows the Whistler a piece of paper that Frost has been working on, and also Karen stole hospital equipment for their little base. She's working on a vampire cure that blows up vampire blood. She's like, "Oh, this could work for something." But Blade needs to go downtown for some serum. But Whistler stops him because Karen needs a blood sample. And Whistler starts coughing because, you know, he's got cancer. So upstairs, Karen checks her neck. The Whistler comes in. She feels tired. Whistler gives her another day or two at most, you know, before she turns into a vampire. But then we go later on a street where Blade's out walking. I'm sorry. I love this. This this scene. This scene's amazing. <laughs> Blade's walking in his get up. And here's someone call his name. He sees someone from across the road. It's Frost. Just out during the day who kidnapped a child and frost is like oh it's finally nice to meet you and apparently by the way frost the reason that we can see him now is because he's wearing just a shit ton of sunblock i love that that's awesome that is my that is oh god that was the best I love, I love it because Blade looks equally as confused as I did because he's like, what the, what the hell? Why are you, why are you here? Yeah, exactly. And Deacon Frost, he's holding the hand of just some child. And then he goes, a lot of sunscreen does the trick. As if he's like, he's like, he's like, checkmate Blade. When in reality, I'm like. How the hell does that work? Dude, this is the one time they do this throughout the movie. And I'm like, y'all, did you just need a scene during the scene during the daytime? (laughs) So you just gave him just a shit ton of sunblock? You know, never mind that his hair is perfectly fine. Or, you know, 
Maybe he missed a spot. We don't know that. Yeah, like, why is, like, the one where they're all in biker gear, I, like, I was like, okay, I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that in a very weird, non, non, like, 100% their way. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, in some weird, weird roundabout way, yeah, that works. Sunblock is where you lose me. The moment they go, he just put a lot of sunscreen on. I'm like, man, his hair is immaculate. If you were covering his scalp, it would need to be like his. He would look like a Guido. Like, come on. And he just like misses a spot and he just fucking explodes. And he's like, well, I thought it was SPF 30. Exactly. It says it says two hours in direct sunlight. So. Blade quotes some vampire Latin about the blood god. I don't know. They have a conversation, but Blade goes for his gun. But Frost picks up the child by her neck. Frost goes a little bit too far. Blade pulls his gun and fucking shoots at Frost, who just football throws this child. Oh, my God. Who crashes through a hot dog cart, who's now in (laughs) traffic. And Blade has to run by to stop her from getting just destroyed by a bus. This movie is so okay. fucking ridiculous. And okay. no one said, like, I've never heard anyone mention this to me. I, God, it's amazing. <laughs> it's okay, 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 okay. All right, we got to stop. We got to stop. I don't All want right. to, Michael. It's, I don't either. I don't either. There's so many more scenes. There's so many more scenes to cover. But, okay, one, we've already covered Deacon Frost is out in the sun. Whatever. He's Now he's out in the sun. Blade... Just pulls out his gun, broad daylight, in the middle of New York, in like a small little park off off the side of the road. Shoots it, shoots at Deacon Frost. Deacon Frost, bullet time dodges like he's in the Matrix. Max Payne, pick your IP. He is he dodges out of the way as the bullets are coming towards him, and then again. Much like our good pal Blade, yeets a human being. Just and this person, this poor kid, she goes through the she goes through a hot dog cart <laughs> and she goes into traffic. Good lord. It's amazing. It it's just, so awesome. It's so, it's so awesome. It's so ridiculous. Okay. I I'm gonna watch that like every day for like three weeks, and I'm still gonna find it amazing. it's so awesome i love it so we go back to the base where karen and whistler are speaking science and you know science science yeah but then we hear laughing whistler grabs a shotgun looks around karen grabs her gun a bunch of people are here the bad guys they start shooting whistler gets distracted by karen and he gets shot in the leg it's frost and his goons frost you know fucking curb stomps whistler into oblivion and they also kidnap karen too Blade returns and, you know, it's all quiet, sees dead bad guys. He kind of has an idea of what's going on. Then he finds Whistler covered in a sheet with blood all over it and fucking removes it without even looking. He knows. And there's a VHS (laughs) tape that says play me on it. And he knows that Frost took Karen. I I do love that. It's just this whole scene. It is just Deacon Frost just like beating the brakes off a Whistler (laughs) and then just just go like, yeah, uh uh-huh. Yeah. (laughs) just and also my favorite thing is the entire time he's just beating the crap out of whistler after he finishes it and like does the little thing blade pulls the sheet off and he's and all you see is just 
Chris Christopherson playing his Whistler, motionless, covered in blood. And your first thought is, he's motionless, covered in blood. He's dead. Our boy Whistler's dead. This is going to be the driving force that makes Blade go, I'm taking him down no matter what. Nope, Whistler's alive. Nope, nope. He's just fucking like, you know... Gets up and spills even more exposition about a vampire <laughs> god trying to get resurrected by Frost. But Frost needs Blade's blood to get him to rise. And Blade is the chosen one. Whistler says, you know, don't go after Frost. But Blade says, you know, bullshit, I'm going after him. And when Blade, well, you know, we'll have to finish it off. And by the way, uh, Whistler just gets a gun and then just fucking like shoots him- himself in the head as Blade walks away. It's sad. Yep. It's, 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 there were some emotions. Emotions I guess one of them was sad. Yeah. Yeah. One of them may have been sad. So we cut to Blade watching this tape. It's Frost being like, hey, you can find us here at this location. We have the girl. Blade fucking loads up with like with his bullets made of silver and or garlic and is doing more science, you know, getting ready, has needles to inject on people. And he has a motorcycle. So we go to Frost's base. He sits with Karen, you know, he has tense dialogue, offers sex, Karen smarks back. And yeah, this scene doesn't matter because we go downstairs, we hear motorcycle engine rev, music rises, uh, and then Blade fucking shot, just fucking drives on in, starts unloading ammo on these guards. You know, they all get done in. Blade shoots people. Frost talks like, what the fuck? Don't shoot. I need him alive. This is going to fuck up my Mm -hmm. plan. So the building gets put in lockdown, blade face off with some like fucking taser wielding women where he uses the art of <laughs> Wing Chun and prison shanking to kill them. It's awesome. It's so great. He just sits there and just shows everyone that it do go down. <laughs> but I just, I just, just going bop, bop. And they just, and they just die. And you're like, all right, sure. Fine. Why fuck not? It. Dude, fuck it. You know, if he's able to survive, who am I to judge? also by the way remember those uh cure needles i told you about yeah he stabs people with them and it causes people to shrivel up in such a cartoonish way to where they look like a red bell pepper with a face that then blows up (laughs) and starts spewing guts everywhere yeah yeah exactly he injects them and they start puffing and swelling and all of that until they just they yeah they look like they look like a they look like a red inflated california raisin it is just they and then they just yeah they blow up and blood splatters everywhere again none of it touching blade but it just it's just everywhere. It is everywhere. Just like all the <laughs> semen in Mike's room. So absolutely, absolutely. You, it's it's the semen in Max and I's room. We're 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 hanging out at the YMCA on weeknights. Oh God. Ugh. So Blade enters this like white room that has a laptop, and he watches and a lot of semen. Just just shit, dude. Just fucking semen <laughs> everywhere. It's just, it's just. Oh my These vampires god! Vampires are not trafficking blood; they're trafficking semen. They're just really oh, awesome. No! no, how heinous! <laughs> so Blade watches the animation one more time from earlier, and he gets locked in this room with his resurrected mother. And he fucking remembers her. It's so awesome. That's my favorite. She goes, Eric. And he stops and goes, Bob. And I'm like, no, I just stopped. No, you're not telling me the person who after 
birth, did not see his mother again, recognizes her immediately. Like, oh, no, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, I do not, I do not buy that for a damn second. So this tender moment gets interrupted, like all of our tender moments do, with a nice tasing. And by the way, Frost, he's here now, and he's fucking Blade's mom. Damn, that dude is cold. <laughs> dude, Deacon, Deacon, Deacon Frost is here to fuck your day up and your mom. Also, Frost was the one that bit Blade's mother earlier, so cool. He's, no, Deacon Frost is a crackhead finance bro, Young Gravy. Why'd you have to phrase it like that? Why? Why'd you? Why? Why'd you have to? Why'd you have to put it like that? You see, I thought I had a good thing with grungy Ed Sheeran, but no, you just have to bring in just fucking, you know, crack bro, young gravy. Yeah, he's crack finance bro, young gravy. Like, you know, sometimes I question even starting this podcast with you. Absolutely, <laughs> I question myself every day. So we go to some holding room where Karen and Blade are like on the floor. Like Blade needs his serum and he wants to take the cure. But Karen says that will leave Blade completely human, which just isn't as fun. So we cut to the truck stopping and apparently Blade and Karen were in the back of it and get dragged to this like construction cult silo thing where statues of gods and symbols are drawn on the wall. And as they're walking through, Frost is giving more exposition. Jesus Christ, enough with the talking. (laughs) It's so great. It's so great. It's just Frost is literally sitting in the middle of like this like tube made of stone. And like, you're like, oh my God, the... We're getting into the final moments of the movie. Here goes. And then Deacon Frost breaks into another monologue. And you're like, and as the viewer, I had to stop and go, shut up. Shut (laughs) up. I don't care. So Frost is like, oh, this temple was built for this night for the blood god. And okay, cool. Exposition, exposition. Frost takes Blade's sword. He likes it. And also the sword doesn't pop off like it did before. Frost makes... Quinn hold out his arm and joke and you know jokingly he doesn't actually cut off his arm and then blade is going like in and out of hearing because the thirst of human blood is taking over him it looks like he's got the fucking meat sweats going on (laughs) he looks like he looks like he looks like he looks like max after he's taken down a taco bell bean burrito he's just not not just one like seven it's just it's just sweating like damn we out here we fighting for our lives so frost has this serum and taunts blade with it blade says you know to try it but frost doesn't he tosses the needles to the bottom of this silo so he get, blade gets ex- escorted downstairs and then we go down there where quinn and frost they escort karen into this room and she gets pushed down to like i don't fucking know the shoot from scooby-doo and she's in this like dry basement now where she's in a hole with Curtis from the beginning. He's a zombie vampire. And, you know, he's still chasing after her romantically, but she gives him a nice, you know, boot to the face and crawls out of this hole while this zombie is crawling after her. That's the last we see of Curtis. Yay. So up in the worship room, Blade gets brought in and gets his shirt removed and forced into this, like, body cast thing where he's bound and it just fits him just right. And his mom Mm -hmm. comes up to talk to a bound blade and mom's like vampires are my people now your mother died a long time ago she dude she's dunking she's just dunking on her own child which is weird energy well dude you because- want, you know what's weirder with this is how fucking close she gets to her son's mouth 
while talking. They're like two inches apart. That is true. That is true. It's, dare I say, closer than Deacon and, and uh, Gitano. It's, cl- uh, it's very close. It is. It is, it is, there, there were a couple moments where I was like, where I was like, where I was like, ma'am, please, like, if, if ma'am, please back up, ma'am, ma'am. They're making I'm us asking you very kindly. This is, this is, this is getting weird. Please back up. <laughs> so over with Frost, a bunch of like the suits start standing in the circle and are acting as vampire sacrifices. And Blade just like stares at his mother as he's bleeding into this bowl. And Frost looks over like, ah, Yes. It's coming together, but they didn't account for Karen crawling out of a hole in the ground when she walks into Blade's room and starts like we cut back and forth between Frost and Blade. So with Blade, she, uh, Karen starts messing with the enclosure. She's able to free and unbound him and Blade's bleeding to death. He needs a serum, but Karen offers some of her blood. Blade refuses, then eventually accepts it and starts giving her like the meanest hickey you're, you've ever seen in your life. And mm-hmm. she continues to say, don't stop and screaming to the heavens, but back up with Frost. One guy tries to s- talk some sense into Frost's goons. One dies, but they had to back up. Quinn Lash is like, oh, look, we're all going to be gods. I'm going to be a naughty vampire god. So then all the suits. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So all the suits, like, they get just, like, choked and blood starts dripping on them. And Frost starts feeling his god power. A CGI drop of blood falls onto Frost as Blade screams to the heavens and looks over to see his mother. And then they fucking start fighting. But not after lightning strikes all the suits in the forehead and the cult symbols start breaking with lightning. Mm -hmm. So Karen goes for a bodyguard. A bodyguard shotgun steals it, shoots him. Back with Blade and Mom, they have some more weird sexual tension as she hugs him and he stabs her. And yeah, Mom's de- Mom's her mom died. Mm-hmm. Yeehaw! Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's cool. It's, I, I, I didn't really care about their relationship it, at all. It's it's such a weird thing that the movie chose to shoehorn in at the very last second. It's like it's like hey. Hey, just in case the bat you needed to hate the bad guy more, he's fucking his mom. And you're like, okay. You're like, I didn't, I didn't need another reason. He seemed, he seemed kind of annoying. Like, yeah, sure, he can be the bad guy. But yeah, then then they just throw in his mom and just have her be weird. Just, just, and just get way too close to Blade. Way too close to Blade. It's. <laughs> thankfully she gets stabbed which makes me go oh thank god we're done with that but you know we can't focus on blade's mom dying because we got some leftover cgi gargoyles from i frankenstein that crawl out of the suit's mouths and start flying around and enter frost's body over and over again and he starts to feel the power frost rises and it's no longer him but blade front flips in to fight these vampires and fucking clotheslines Quinn into oblivion and catches his sunglasses as well and puts them on. Hell yeah. Dude, so edgy. So, so edgy. Dude, I I fucking get cut watching this fight scene. It's so (laughs) edgy. Absolutely. (laughs) So this fight scene is Blade is kicking all sorts of choreographed ass, ass, including beating people with a shovel and wheel kicking fools. And also Karen is here fighting one of the vampires and she uses pe- pepper spray that makes her head explode. It's such a, it's a, yeah, it's such a secondary thing. Yeah. Karen's here. She's fighting one of them. It feels like they just like set up the vampire mace just to use it here in this random cutaway gag. It's weird that it's weird that that followed the Chekhov's gun rule, mm-hmm. but not like a bunch of other 
almost more necessary stuff. Well, I mean, we get the sword a little bit later, but like the the vampire mace kind of, I don't know, it just it's it's there. It's, it's fucking dumb. Yeah, it felt like that it felt like that 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 could have like happened a little earlier as like a little gag thing that works, but yeah, whatever. So Blade throws like fucking redundant crescent kicks to the sound of 90s European techno. And yeah. uh, he sees, you know, his blade and he goes after it all while killing people. And when he gets his blade, Frost calls out who now he has a sword. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's randomly Frost gets a sword, which I just stopped and just went at this point in the movie. I stopped and just went. Hell yeah. Why not? Fuck, yeah, sure. Sure. Of course. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know what? It's on me. It's on me. It's on me to not assume that he had a sword on him. Just hidden in his ass. Dude, the movie's called Blade. The fuck do you expect? Exactly. exactly. Again, on me. On me. On me. It's, uh, it's, I expected continuity from this movie, and I'm a fool for that. So Frost and Blade have a sword fight where they do the same two moves over and over again. The Blade chops Frost's arm off, which looks like a fucking mannequin arm just flying out, just fucking flying away. But then, like, he cuts him in half, except it's not in half because his body CGI forces itself back together with blood, all while Blade mouths, what the fuck is going on? So Blade tries to, you know, chop Frost in half again. Uh, he also has super speed, but then gets stabbed by Blade, and you know it doesn't affect him. And Frost starts monologuing when Blade sees his serum, which Frost knows. He's like, "Ah, oh, you're trying to get to that." But then Blade tosses his sword up to the serum, and Frost's <laughs> like, "Huh, idiot!" Which gets lodged into some rocks, and then the blade expands, causing the sword and the serum to fall down, which Blade catches. And then Blade fucking like starts ninja starring <laughs> like four, five or six of these at Frost and get injected in them. He plays the meanest game of darts he's ever played before. He's it's all bullseyes everywhere he's throwing. All while saying the masterful line, some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. And then wheel kicks another serum into I, Frost's chest. What does that mean? Blade, what does that mean? Some some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. Blade, I want you. I I, I I literally sat down and tried to figure out what the fuck that meant. And I'll tell I'll, and te- I, I'll tell you what it means. Um, in the uh, in that line, uh, that was like actually an offhand comment by Wesley Snipes during like an early story meeting. And the David Escort, like he heard that, he was like, "We're gonna fucking use that and just put it in this scene." <laughs> I love it. I love it. He just sits there, like Wesley Snipes just says some random. Some random shit. <laughs> and like David Esgoyer just goes, Wesley Snipes, you've done it again. <laughs> it just keeps going. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So again, like like uh, like I said, he wheel kicks another serum to Frost who turns into the blob and explodes. Like it looks really cool, guys. No, I swear. Why are you guys walking away? No, <laughs> yeah. no, I promise. It looks really good. So anyways, Karen's also okay. Uh, hey, hey, we, we, I, I must tell the viewers, um, just in case they were curious. Uh, no, all of the blood that was ex- escaping from uh, Deacon Frost blowing up like a like a to- like a tomato caught in a bl- caught in a Vitamix. No, uh, does not get on Blade. He is crisp and clean. 
<laughs> Thank you for keeping that in count. Good, good job, intern. Dude, good job. Is, good dude, job, intern. I want everyone to know how does this man stay so clean? It is insane. You know, I don't think it's actually our intern that's cleaning off Wesley Snipes. I actually just think it's Mike just off camera and he'll run in just fucking clean his, just shine his boots and you know make sure his collar's looking all nice exactly I have to go go you look great mr snipes please pay your taxes please don't hurt me thank you <laughs> so so anyway everyone's okay blade grabs a sword with karen and they leave the construction area it's daytime outside now karen says they should go back to the lab to get the serum but blade says no there's a war going on and he has stuff to do he wants a better serum and then we cut to fucking Moscow of all fucking places. <laughs> this is the hardest of cuts, man. It cuts to Moscow. <laughs> so we see a vampire sign on a building. Two people talk in Russian. The woman says she likes surprises, but then the man speaks Russian and turns into a vampire. And then Blade appears in the snow speaking Russian and whips out his sword. And that's the that's the fucking end of this movie. I... What a way to so, end it. I swear to God. That, what a damn way to end the movie. <laughs> With something that random. I don't know. They could they could have literally just put him anywhere. I don't know. Send him to Mongolia or something. Send <laughs> he him, shows up. Send him to fucking uh, New Zealand. I don't know. He, he, I just love the idea. He, he shows up to he shows up to South Africa, and it just he sees just he's just right there, just 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 slicing random people speaking Afrikaans. <laughs> no, instead he's going to going to the set of District Nine. And is gonna just go sword fight with those prawns. Oh my god, it's just it's just the prawn sword fighting with blade. Oh dude, that'd be awesome. What a dude, dude, right? That'd be dude, that'd be fucking that'd be awesome, actually. Well, guys, that was that was the 1998 superhero action movie Blade. Uh, Mike, do you have any do you have any final thoughts that you want to say? Sometimes you need to wear your wear your vintage Oakleys. While listening to European techno, wearing a wearing an all black trench coat, sometimes the vibes require it. Matrix cosplay. So for me, this was so cheesy and it was boring at times, but cheesy nonetheless. So many questions were raised, like why the pedestrians walking by and saw the way that Wesley Snipes was dressed and then said nothing. Some some of the fighting felt very choreographed and the effects of the 90s, they just don't date well. That's mm-hmm. just a fact. Wesley Snipes yeah. is the invincible blade at the beginning kind of makes you not care about his character. And, you know, he's fine. Like, I think he did a great job. I enjoy the moment. I kind of enjoy the moments between him and Whistler. But Karen is just kind of there. Also, Jesus Christ, the amount of exposition in this movie when there isn't fighting. It's just people explaining information. It's yeah, it's uh, unless you had something else to say, I'll jump in and like corroborate what you said. This movie has a lot of good stuff going for it. Mm-hmm. I I believe that it's action scenes and Blade as a character played by Wesley Snipes is genuinely like solid. Mm-hmm. I think that they I think that they hit an energy that is really cool in that it's cheesy as hell but because it's edgy but it's also a self-awareness to that edge in cheesiness that makes it okay in my book. Mm-hmm. Where it falls apart is the exposition dump everywhere. 
oh my god, it is heinous mm-hmm. how much the exposition dump. Mm-hmm. And then there are some choices for like shots that don't hold up, as my co-host said. There's some CGI that really doesn't hold up. And there's just some logical problems, intrinsic logical issues with Blade. Like, how can Blade throw Karen eight stories across a street in New York City <laughs> and she's fine? You know, like stuff like that. I mean, you know, kind of thinking about that, that particular part, it's shocking. But I'm like, you know, if that's the world that you're building up and people can just fucking do that in your universe. OK, cool. It's still fucking ridiculous. Now, it's a perfectly cheesy movie to add to your movie marathon. An interesting choice for superhero movies at the time. But you know what? If it made money, it made money. That I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. That's all. That, yeah. you know, that, at the end of the day, <laughs> that, that's why people that's why a lot of people make movies. Yes, for the art, but also, you know, you got to make money somehow. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You got to make money somehow. And I'll be damned if I'll be damned if some of these movies are not just money grabs. <laughs> well, Mike, man, where, where would you put this in your movie marathon? Oh, number one or oh, number good two. Choice. Easily. Good choice. Easily. See, again. You can watch this sober and laugh and go, my God, this is ridiculous. You'll understand the plot and you'll go, oh, this is a little on the stupid side and ridiculous. But if you have a few drinks in you, this will make you laugh your ass off. This will make you throw your hands up and go, absolutely. Hell yes. I'm super down with this. And then you'll still be cognizant enough to hear the cheesy dialogue like Whistler crashing through a ceiling and going, catch you fuckers at a bad time. It's just small things like that that make you go, yeah, uh uh-huh, okay, absolutely. So this is a one or two. I guess if I had to pick a spot, it'd be number one because this still has some like, this still has some genuinely like good moments to it Mm -hmm. that I think you can totally enjoy sober. All right, well, that, you get you guys heard the man. But that does it for this episode of the Messed Up at Midnight podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. You guys know the deal. And yeah, stay up to date with what we got going on. Mike, do you have any final words? Turn on your favorite techno music and go try and throw your friend off of an eight-story building across the street. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't don't do that. Please don't do that. We cannot be held responsible for that. That that's your <laughs> decision. <laughs> that's your own dumbass fault. All right, guys. Well, we'll see y'all next week. See you next week, everybody. <laughs>